Would you join with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we come before you today as the people of God, asking exactly what was just sung for our hearts and our lives. God, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you would touch our hearts through the preaching and teaching of your word. We need a fresh word from you today. We need your encouragement. God, we pray that across this auditorium that you would move as only you can as we study the words of life together. We pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I'm very glad to be joining back with you again today. Chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12. This is one of the most incredible books of the New Testament. I love the book of Hebrews. We don't know who authored the text. It's it's left unstated, but the theme is so clear. The theme is simply Jesus is better. Jesus is better. And if there's a theme that needs to work its way through our own heart and lives and culture more than anything else, it could be that Jesus is better. Now, as you read through the the book of Hebrews, the author makes very clear that Jesus is better than Moses, that Jesus was better than Melchizedek, that Jesus is better than anything that we could ever hope for or dream or imagine. As we come to our text today, if there's only one thing that you walk away with today, my hope and prayer is that you are very clear in understanding that Jesus is our only source of strength. Jesus is our only source of strength. Well, if you found the text there in Hebrews chapter 12, the Word of God says this, Therefore, in verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and founder of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This amazing text helps us understand exactly how incredible a God we serve. This microphone did this last time. We'll change to this one again. There we go. As we pursue Jesus, friends, the most important thing for us to do is to look to Christ. Now, as we look at this text, it starts with that phrase, therefore. My dad used to always tell me anytime you are reading the passage of Scripture and you see the word therefore, you better find out what it's there for. In the argument that the author of Hebrews is presenting for us, he's, he's gone and addressed these people who are struggling with their faith. There's pressure from the outside. There's tension on the inside of their community of faith. And he's gone through and he's reminded them at the end of chapter 10 that Jesus is the only source of salvation. And then he tells the people a very interesting things. He says, we are not those who shrink back. We are not those who shrink back. And then he gives example and example and example after example in Hebrews chapter 11, the great hall of faith, if you're familiar with the text of Scripture. By faith, Moses, by faith, Abraham, by faith, all of these people who followed God 
who trusted him in the midst of very difficult days. And as they followed him, they saw amazing things begin to happen by faith. Therefore, since we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, therefore, since we have evidence of all of these people who've held fast to the claims of Scripture, who's held fast to Jesus even in their darkest day, therefore, these witnesses, and then we get to the first commandment for us here, the first encouragement. Number one, if we are those who are looking to Jesus as our source of strength, we want to, one, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight. Friends, that is an encouragement for you and I to pursue holiness. To pursue holiness. A few years back, I came out of my office uh, when I was on the faculty at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, to see a group of my colleagues uh, around the water cooler. Now, I don't know how much changes in your life around the water cooler, but I needed a break from grading, so I joined in the conversation. My colleagues were talking about how they were planning on running the Fort Worth Marathon. Now, I had never run a marathon. I had barely run anywhere before in my life. But as they were talking about this, this seemed intriguing. When one of them encouraged me to run, I said, I don't think so. There's no way that I would be someone who would run a marathon. Well, one of my other friends decided that uh, it would be best to uh, maybe encourage me a little further. He said, I dare you to run. Now, Men, you know that that's a little bit of a, of a throwing down of a gauntlet, and you, you need to stand up. And before I could counter, somebody else says, well, I triple dog dare you. It's over. I have to, I have to run this race now. So I, I'm, I'm getting ready to figure out how am I going to do something that I have never done at all in my life. Now, thankfully, one of my other really true friends pulled me aside and says, you don't need to run a, a full marathon. Let's, let's get you into a half marathon, and let's get you into a training program. I, I didn't grow up playing sports. I was the best at everything in my school because I was homeschooled. So there was, you know, class by yourself, and <laughs> there's no competition. I didn't have to worry about these things. So as we got started in this training program, one of the things that I began to realize is that there was a lot in my life that had kept me from running the race of faith well. We would get together every Saturday in this training program, and they would help us learn how to go the distance, how that we could change the way that our gait, the way that our stride worked so that we could get more. I discovered how important shoes are and the right type of shoe to run in. They analyzed even the way that I ran to make sure that I had the right set of shoes. They geared me up. They gave me the right kind of shirt. They gave me some of those running shorts, which are too short for anyone decent to ever wear. And they said, this is how you're going to run the race. You are going to get rid of all extraneous weight so that you can maximize your performance to get to the finish line. Friends, in your life and my life, the author of Hebrews is telling us that if we're not careful— there are things that we are going to allow into our life. There are going to be things that we allow to stay in our life that become hindrances to running the race of faith well. They trip us up. The author is talking to us about sin that clings so closely. 
You could imagine if I got there on race day and, and I was dressed in a suit with a tie and dress shoes, I'm not going to go very far, or at least not very fast. There's going to be too much that's clinging to me. What we want to do is to prepare for the race. We want to make sure that we are getting rid of every single thing that could trip us up, the weight and the sin that clings so closely. Could I ask a question this morning? How many of us in this room today have been going through our life and we're running and we're doing okay, but if we're truly honest, we have that one pet sin or that one thing that's here in our life that we can't quite let go of. Consequently, what begins to happen is that as we continue to try to run the race of faith, we keep messing up at this same point, this same juncture, and we keep missing God's best because what we've chosen is that sin over a Savior. Dear friend, the encouragement for you and for me is to lay aside every single weight and all of the sins that entangle us so much. This is exactly why as a congregation we emphasize discipleship. We emphasize getting together in small groups so that we can study the Word of God together, but also so that we can press into one another's lives so that we can encourage one another to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles. This is how we grow in our faith. But there's another hindrance that some of us have that becomes more of a weight than a sin that entangles that has everything to do with your past. Some of us have been tripped up in the race of faith because we can't quite let go of what's happened to us in our past. Brothers and sisters, we are not defined by our past. We're defined by Jesus Christ. And whatever path that you've been on, Jesus sets us free. Whatever road that you've traveled on, Jesus sets you free. So we run the race, not allowing these other things to, to come around us. We are not defined by our past. We are not hindered by our sin. If we will confess it to a forgiving Father, we are those who are set free. We need to pursue holiness as we run the race of faith. But the author of Hebrews doesn't stop there. He tells us not only are we those who are to pursue holiness, we also are to be those who run focused. Look again in the text. Not only does he say in verse 1 to let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, but then he also gives us this other let us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us run with endurance the race set before us. This is running focused. Now there are a couple reminders here for us. First of all, we need to be clear that the Christian faith is meant to be lived in an active stance. The Christian faith is meant to be lived in an active stance. What that means is that when we look through the pages of Scripture, particularly in the New Testament, we have instruction after instruction after instruction telling us to be alert, to be on guard, to watch out, to put on Christ, to go to the ends of the earth. It is always 
active. Even the concept of abiding in Christ is meant to be an active thing that we engage in. Far too many of us, though, have, have come very comfortably into Christian ease, where we would kick back in the lazy boy of faith, saying, I have my hell insurance, I need nothing else. And we sit on the sidelines instead of engaging in the race of faith. And we allow life to happen around us. We are not to be those who sit on the sidelines. The text tells us, the author of Hebrews tells us, we are to be those who run, who run to enter into the race. Friends, may I tell you that your entrance fee was paid, and you were entered into the race the day that you trusted Jesus as your Savior. Every single one of us, as a follower of Jesus Christ, is in the race. We're running. Paul tells us to run so as to win. Run so as to win. You and I are to run the race of faith. We are to be active. Now notice that it says that we are to run with endurance. If you've ever done long distance running, it is an endurance sport. It takes energy. It takes stamina to be able to get from beginning to end. And as you run, you run into interesting challenges. As I prepared for race day, we, we finally got there to the day of the race, and I was there with 20,000 or so of my closest friends, and the gun goes off, and we, we all start. And I was thinking as we were running out of downtown Fort Worth how nice it was for those who laid out the course to make sure that we went downhill first. It didn't quite cross my mind that we would have to go back up later to the finish line. The course was set. It was laid out in front of us. I never knew that the city of Fort Worth was as hilly as it was during those 13 miles. Up and down, up and down, up and down. It seemed like it would never stop. Some of you know what that's like in life. It just seems like every time that you get over and you're coasting, maybe a little bit trying to catch your breath, that there's a new hill on the horizon, a new challenge that you are faced by. We are to run with endurance. We are to run with endurance no matter what challenges come our way. How are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to do this? Well, we're to keep our eyes on the prize. Look at verse 2. Looking to Jesus. How can I engage the race of faith how can I make it from beginning to end? How can I do that well? By looking to Jesus. Friends, endurance is all about knowing what the end goal is. It is all about us looking to our Savior. This is where we find our source of strength for the journey. Friends, we saw this in the New Testament, in the Gospels, as Peter gets out in the midst of a storm to join Jesus on the water. He walks on water. And the text has this very interesting turn of phrase where it says, and Peter began to look at the storm. Peter began to look at all of the things that were going on around him, and he immediately sank. So many of us are in that exact same situation. There's so much that's happening around us. Work-related things, family-related things. And we've forgotten that the most important source of strength for you and for me is to look to 
Jesus. And it's so easy, it's so easy to get distracted. As we were running that race, we, we went through, and I, I noticed how nice it was for those who had uh, laid out the race. About every mile, there was a place where you could stop and get some water. It, it was Texas, after all, and it's hot, and so they would have a place for you to get water. And all around those mile markers were people who would cheer on. Good job. Way to go. I was always surprised that there were still people there by the time I got to those checkpoints, but they still were there, and they were cheering, and they were saying, yes, you can do it. You can make it. But around mile marker five, I saw something that I never expected to encounter at all. At mile marker five, one of the sponsors of the race had decided to provide beer for free to runners. Now, I didn't get that. I'm a Baptist after all. But as we were going through the race, and here were all these people who were stopping the race and ending their race right there, they got distracted by something that was free over here in the corner. Now, for you and for me, there's so many things that can pull our attention away from looking to Jesus. And we can miss God's best. We want to make sure that we stay focused and not get distracted. Sometimes as, as we're running the race, I begin to really tire around mile eight, and I begin to wonder how much longer is the race? As some of us chronologically move closer to the end, we may be tempted to disengage from the race of faith because we keep wondering how much longer. There's not an opportunity for that here. We are to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We also need to remember that the road that set out before us, this endurance that we're running with, we don't need to get discouraged. Around mile nine, I'm going up yet another hill, and I'm barely making it. When out of the corner of my eye, my peripheral vision, here comes somebody gaining on me. I didn't think there was anybody behind me, but here came someone. And as they were coming up beside me, I, I sped up just a little bit. I, I can't get past again. As I sped up, this person also sped up. It's a humbling moment as I continue to kind of chug up the hill and I'm passed by a speedwalker who is at least 102. <laughs> there is no discouragement quite like that. And some of us, as we run the race of faith, we have gotten to that exact place. We're discouraged. Maybe it's those things that life just keeps throwing at us. Maybe it's my children or my grandchildren. Maybe it's the things that I thought were going to happen in life that I planned for, that I trained for, just never materialized. And we get discouraged and we focus on those things instead of looking to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I help us out real quick and give us something very, very key? The beauty of this text is it helps us see that it's actually not in our own running, but in the finished work of Christ that we have success in the journey. It's not in our running, but in the finished work of Christ. Looking to Jesus, verse 2, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. Notice what he does. He endured the cross. We're to run with endurance, knowing that Jesus himself endured to the end. That's an encouragement for you and for me. Jesus gave us his strength to endure all the way to the end. 
that Jesus despised the shame. There was no worse form of death in the ancient world than that of the cross. How much more can you and I stand up under the burden of shame, even in our own culture, and sharing the beautiful name of Jesus Christ? If Jesus can endure the shame, so can I. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It's an interesting turn of phrase. In the ancient world, if someone was seated, they were finished. The fact that Jesus is visualized here for us as someone who has endured the cross, he has despised the shame, and now he is seated at the right hand uh, of God. Friends, his work is finished. We think about the good news of Jesus Christ, how great that is that Jesus came, he lived, he walked, he taught, but then he died on a cruel Roman tree for your sin and my sin. But that grave could not hold him. And he rose three days later in victory. He's the author, the founder, the perfecter of our faith. He's the one who is dead, yet he lives forever and ever. And his work is finished, and he sits at the right hand of the throne of God, waiting for the day when God the Father will say, go get your bride, the church, and we spend eternity with him. Friends, we can run the race marked out for us because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, I can endure. Because of Jesus, I can endure and deal with pain. Because of Jesus, I can ignore those trying to shame me. Because Jesus wins and Jesus gives us his strength for the journey, his strength for the day. 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul says, I, I should run the race to get a crown. There was no moment that was quite the same as the elation of turning the corner at the very end of the race and seeing the finish line and running across the finish. I'd done it. I'd run the race. I'd received my prize. When Jesus gives us the strength, friends, we can persist all the way to the end. This morning, as I uh, prayed with some of your team, as I've talked to some of your staff, I heard the story of Kathy, one of the key leaders in your congregation, someone who God used mightily to see soul after soul introduced to the person of Jesus Christ. And as God used her, you've seen the testimony of this exact passage over the last few years. That she ran the race marked out for her, enduring the pain, enduring all of those things so that she could reflect the goodness and the strength of Jesus. That's the challenge for us. That in the day-to-day, -day, it's in the running. The race is long, brothers and sisters. It's, it is long. But we faithfully run moment by moment, day by day. When we trip, we get up and we follow our Savior Jesus because He is the one who gives us strength. 
Jesus is the source of strength for our journey. So what do we do with that today? If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, friends, we ought to heed the encouragement here to make sure that we are getting rid of the weight and getting rid of the sin that entangles. This morning, the right response to the teaching of the Word of God for you in your life may be precisely that. In fact, you may be looking at your own spiritual life and saying, I'm so frustrated because it seems as if I cannot connect with God in the same way that I used to. Could it be because you're running in your own strength? And that this morning, it is time for you to run back to Jesus, to confess your sin. Because he's faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You may have come into this room today and heard about this strength that Jesus gives and you just don't know exactly what that means. In just a few moments, we're going to be having a time of response, a time of invitation. I would encourage you to come down and take one of the staff by the hand and allow them to introduce you to Jesus who gives us every strength for the journey. You can trust Christ and know him as Savior. Friend, maybe even today as you've come, you've understood that we run together. We run together. Maybe you've been on the sidelines and visiting First Baptist for way too long, and it's time for you to jump into the race and to run with this church, the race of faith marked out for us, and today is your day to join. Friends, let's not be on the sidelines. Let's follow our Savior, looking to Him, the only one who can give us strength. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are the one who gives us your strength for the journey. That you are the one who gives us power. That you are the one who has authored our faith has maintained us in the faith and gives us strength all the way to the end. Would you help us be men and women who boldly pursue holiness and who run focused, looking to Jesus alone. As we respond to the teaching of your word today, God, would you move in this place in a powerful way, we pray. In Jesus' almighty name, amen.